Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Welcome to Millennial 609. <laughs> Are you laughing because there's an O between the six and the I nine? wish there wasn't an O. I'm Andrew, quarantined here in Chicago. <laughs> I'm Laura, here developing a cough in Atlanta. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm Pamela, here taking care of my mother, who does not have the coronavirus, but she does have the regular old flu. Aww. Oh, poor thing. That's a real concern. Mm-hmm. Yes. Coronavirus is a real concern as well, of course. So we're going to talk about it here at the top of the show because I find this pretty fascinating, the spread of it and just how the world is reacting to it. And of course, the Trump administration is not handling it very well. So just the latest numbers as of Monday, over 500 people have been infected. Close to 30 have died. Um, the stock market completely tanked on monday like awfully i don't know if you guys have looked at your 401ks but nope you know why (laughs) because when it you know tanked 800 points last week i stupidly checked it and uh have been in the fetal position ever since so Mm. i don't want to know what it looks like today because i can't control it yeah so yeah mine's in the negatives like what well i've only been investing for like the past year oh you know so it's not i Almost gave me a heart attack. (laughs) I did sell my Tesla and Beyond stock. I'm just gonna let those fall, and then then I'll buy back in later. But anyway, um, breaking Monday night, the Trump administration is now kicking around an economic stimulus package, including paid sick leave. Finally, Americans are going to get paid sick leave now that there is a virus afoot. And Trump is kicking around a payroll tax cut. I was just watching a press conference. He was really hyping this up. He said he's going to have big numbers, real big numbers for this payroll tax cut. That's actually pretty exciting because we're all going to have a little more money in our pockets if you're on a payroll. Yeah, but it's kind of what they did for the big tax bill. And the result of that was that a lot of people thought they were getting money back, but then they just owed more come tax time. But presumably, so, this one is actually going to be effective because they want Americans out spending money during this period because Trump wants I mean, to see the stock market climb again. I mean, Americans will still go out and spend money because they're idiots. They'll <laughs> see that they'll no. I mean, it, they'll see that they got a few more dollars in their paycheck, and they're not going to think about the long term. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, maybe this is a one time deal and they're not going to penalize anybody for it. But this is how they positioned the last payroll tax cut. So yeah, I'm dubious. I don't I I have faith it's actually going to be effective. Also, cost of travel is dropping rapidly. Flights are getting cheaper. Cruises are getting cheaper. At the time, at the same time, the government is warning older Americans in particular to not travel. So that's why these prices are dropping. And obviously, everybody's scared. I am honestly really tempted to go on a cruise now. 
I've never been on one. If the prices are nice and low, why not? Because a what if you fun. get quarantined and then you're stuck there? That's the problem. I would bring books and I would finally read them because I'd yeah. be stuck on the ship with nothing to you do. You know, honestly, in general, cruises have never appealed to me because I don't, I can't sit still during vacations and there's only so much you can do on the boats. True, true. Something else to bear in mind, Andrew. Um, yesterday it was announced that there was a cruise ship that was being quarantined off the coast of San Francisco. Yeah. Because it had 21 cases of a new strain of coronavirus on board. Mm-hmm. Oh, those 20- yes. <laughs> those 21 cases have been transported to Atlanta. I saw so, oh, shit. I, I saw that. Yeah. Lots of people, actually thousands of people are going to Georgia and one other state. I want to say Texas to be tested. So not just them, yeah. but the others. And oh my gosh. I mean, I can't believe 3,000 people are on this boat with at least 21 cases of coronavirus like wow that that is terrifying so yeah that's you got to bring a lot of stuff on board with you in case you got you get held but hey at least the prices for a cruise are cheaper you bought some <laughs> and apparently play. trips to europe but but i also know that there are some countries that are canceling right yeah like, i think didn't delta cancel all its flights to italy yes mm. and then there are some discrepancy i saw on twitter about airbnb um, I'm sure that they'll fix it because it's bad publicity, but some people were complaining that Airbnb would not refund people their money after their trips got canceled. Oh. So. What, and then you've been buying flights, Flora? Yeah. So we are going to Seattle in the summer, and we've been planning this for a while. And I booked the tickets like a week and a half ago. So the panic wasn't quite what it is now, but I noticed at the time that flight prices were really cheap. Because I was able to get round trip tickets from Atlanta to Seattle, no layovers, no stops for three fifty. Wow. Yeah. Super cheap for that kind of cross country flight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy the cancellation insurance just in case this coronavirus <laughs> thing gets worse. Um, so at least I know if we have to cancel, I'll get that money back. Well, and you're flying to one of the epicenters of coronavirus in the US. <laughs> So yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you. Because <laughs> the, C- well, the CDC was also saying today, oh, this could last through 2021. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, that's why I bought the insurance, because if, you know, it do- if it's not safe to go, then we'll cancel. Yeah. Um, so also today, Italy has restricted all, all movement throughout the country unless absolutely necessary. That is huge that is also one of the countries where there's been a big outbreak and this is kind of mean but i love this two congressmen who spent time with trump in the past few days including on air force one today have now self-quarantined after interacting with an infected person at cpac that's a big conservative conference trump was there too and there was somebody there with coronavirus and that guy interacted with two congressmen and now they were interacting with trump how insane would it be if our president got coronavirus it just chef's kiss perfect (laughs) after all of his talk of how you know basically he was immune that would be the biggest form of irony and how it was a hoax right it was a democratic hoax intended to bring down the trump administration Oh, man, that would just be so amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Ted Cruz is one of the Congress people who's in quarantine right now. 
And it's just funny, like looking back at him and some of his ilk from like two weeks, a month ago, spreading this misinformation that this was all just a democratic conspiracy. And it's like, oh, well, when you got potentially exposed, all of a sudden, you believed it enough to quarantine. How about that? Just like climate mm -hmm. change. They're never going to care about it until it starts affecting them directly. Yep. Um, And also, this is a a sidebar. Postmates, because they're scared about coronavirus and how this is going to affect business. This is one of those delivery apps. I think they were a sponsor a while back. They have launched a new setting in which delivery workers can drop your food off without greeting you. So you can say, bring me my food, but leave it at the front door. I don't want to interact with other humans. I find this so stupid and pointless. You don't know who's cooking your food over at Chipotle, McDonald's, wherever you're ordering this food from. Who's to say they didn't sneeze in it, cough in it, aren't infected themselves? This setting about leaving the food out front your door, pointless, totally stupid, but people are going to fall for this. We need a setting to prevent a human from preparing your food, not this nonsense. I mean, how do you envision that working? Well, it's a joke. I I don't I okay. don't really imagine that. <laughs> it's like, so no, funny you mentioned that though, like, because there is a coffee shop in um in San Francisco, and there it, it's like a robot basically makes your coffee. That's what and I then want. Right serves now. it to you. Yeah. I was just envisioning like somebody in a hazmat suit just takes your food and puts it in a microwave, <laughs> heats it up. I mean, that might be a good gimmick. <laughs> We're not that far off from that type of thing actually happening. Yeah, I know. Are you guys scared yet? I feel like we asked this a month or two ago and we were like, no, we're not scared. I mean, this isn't going to be a thing. Who cares? But now it feels very real. I am still, I'm not scared. Um, I'm still exercising the same caution that I would any time of the year in order to avoid getting sick. I understand the concern because, again, this is a new virus and we don't really quite know what to expect yet. There's not a vaccine yet. There's not going to be one for like, what, 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. So I would say concern is a better word. Um, I don't think that panicking is going to do anyone any favors here. In fact, there's a lot of research out there that shows that increased stress levels make you more susceptible to getting sick. So it's actually best not to panic right now. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that um, stress level sickness because that happens to me all the time. Um, and it, 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 a lot of the symptoms are, you know, very similar to what you might experience with a common cold or flu. Usually it affects my sinuses and then the post nasal drip affects my throat. And then I have, you know, lots of gross stuff going on. Um, but like you, I don't think that I am... Um, I'm panicking. And also just realistically speaking, I already work from home. So a lot of what, you know, um, a lot of the the ways that people are being affected or they feel like their their lives are getting turned sideways, it doesn't really apply to me anyway, mm-hmm. because I work from home and I hardly ever leave, you know, maybe a 20 mile radius from my house. This this so. story is no problem for introverts and the work from home types. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved all That's of the true. memes that are like, don't go around people. And it's introverts being like, I've been waiting my whole life. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I've been training for this. I go days without talking to other humans. <laughs> Wait a lifetime for a moment like this virus. But I do think that you have to exercise all the same common, um, you know, 
practices in order to prevent this from getting spread, especially to vulnerable communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you start to feel sick, don't go hang out with your grandparents. Right. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. My mom just texted me like she's worried about her parents. And now I'm just like, I feel bad. And yeah. I'm sure she's warning them, well, like, stay inside. Don't go. He, my grandfather likes doing these weekly walks at the mall with his friends. Like, he's probably got to avoid stuff like that for now. I'm just scared about how bad it'll get. That's that's what stresses me out. Not that I'm going to mm-hmm. get it. Even if I get it, I'll probably survive because I'm young and healthy-ish. I'm just worried about how bad this is going to get. And it could potentially ruin this country and many other countries around the world. Yeah, I will say, not to diminish anything here... But today we were looking at some record lows in terms of um, mortgage interest rates. So if you're going to buy a home, yep. I looked now at that might too. be the time to do it. I was Ugh. like, wow, it's like 3.2% right now, the, mm-hmm. the mortgage rate. And it'll probably get lower as, as time goes on. That And it could be a good time to buy into stocks. It might Wait a little longer because there's probably more bad news to come. But at some point, there's going to be a really great time to buy in. But it's so it's so gross, right? That like, yeah, these are the kinds of silver linings that we're able to see right now. And it's yeah. like, you know, I would love for a silver lining to be the United States decides to really bolster its healthcare system right. in response to this. You know, that's the kind of silver <laughs> right. lining I want. Yeah, well, and and you know, like that just reminds me of the fact that um, the governor out here in California just announced that that they have required all um insurance companies to waive the fee for testing and i'm just sitting here thinking like there's no reason that that should have even had to be done you know yep yep and also thinking about like how many other states are not like have not waived fees yet people have had to pay out of pocket for shit like this you know this is shining a light on how bad our healthcare system is here and our relationship with our employers and how people feel like they have to go to work because they don't get paid sick leave because they feel like they might get fired if they take off for being sick these are things that that shouldn't be the case you should be able to stay home if you feel sick laura talks about this a lot because people Go into her place of work sick. And it's BS. Well, if you do want to relax and not stress about the coronavirus, might I suggest checking out our latest millennial variety show? We should have spoken about this last week, but we didn't. We played heads up together on Zoom, on video, and it was so much fun. And uh, Laura added some music to the uh, rounds that we were playing we were seeing who got the highest score yeah and there was a tie and then there was a tiebreaker so it got pretty intense towards the end yeah and there was a tiebreaker of the tiebreaker oh right it just yeah. got it got <laughs> real deep <laughs> so definitely check that out that's available at patreon.com slash millennial you're going to be seeing more like that now that we have the new millennial variety show and we just had so much fun playing that that we're going to have to do more games in the future because yeah definitely it was, it was a real good time and since i don't have friends in real life that was the first time i played heads up <laughs> in like years so that was really nice <laughs> highly recommend that game now that i've played it again and have recalled just how good it is super tuesday that happened big day laura what were some of the highlights there uh some of the highlights were that joe biden uh came came up from behind literally um and really ended up sweeping the story for super tuesday i mean ultimately he and bernie sanders have emerged as the true front runners and they're still very close in the polls so there's not like a clear decisive 
leader at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we might see that change over the next couple of weeks as we have uh, several more states have their primaries. Sadly, um, our endorsed candidate, Elizabeth Warren, did drop out after Super Tuesday when she largely underperformed. She only hit the viability threshold in, I think, one state. So that was uh, a hard pill to swallow for us here. But I think we're, we're thinking about how we're gonna, Andrew and I are going to approach our various primaries. It was very sad. Do you have any final words for Elizabeth? I do. Most of us here on the show thought of Elizabeth Warren as a progressive with a plan. (laughs) And (laughs) while we're sad to see her go, we think the race was better for her being in it. Millennials' next endorsement will be, quite frankly, whoever the hell the Democrats (laughs) nominate this summer. Uh, We're still proud of Warren's platform and hope to see it have some influence on the eventual nominee's agenda. And as a final word to the media and individuals who love to crucify women for their stumbles, but let Joe Biden trip over his tongue with little to no commentary, we say, fuck you. (laughs) Goodbye, Elizabeth. We'll miss you. laugh but it is sad it was a sad day on twitter and i mean elizabeth warren supporters were just really upset about this because we expected her to at least do better than she did so yeah she didn't even win her home state yeah she got third i think right she didn't yeah she didn't even come in second in her such a bummer such a definitely rough what do you Um, make of her not making an endorsement yet because other candidates got out and then quickly endorsed what's what's that about well um with Joe Biden, she has a pretty clear history, uh, pretty negative history with him. He's pretty much the reason she got into politics um, was to fight some of these provisions that he was laying out that um, benefited credit card companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and clearly she and Bernie Sanders have had some beef and there's been an argument about like, well, they do share very similar platforms. So should she look beyond that and go ahead and endorse him? My feeling on the matter is we're looking at two men who are pushing 80, uh, vying for uh, the nomination. I want to know who their VP nominees would be mm-hmm. because the VP is so important now because we're literally lo- like it doesn't matter who the Democrats pick. We will literally have a Democratic and Republican candidate for president who are both pushing 80 years old. So I really want to know who those VPs are. I'm personally pulling for Stacey Abrams. Mm -hmm. I think she would be a wonderful vice president pick. Um, But that's something that I'm keeping in mind as well as a voter, is I want to know who's number two in line. That's an important question. And it it Mm -hmm. is traditionally too early to announce a VP pick, right? And I was thinking about this because I think somebody asked one of them during like a CNN town hall, when are you going to announce a VP? And they said, oh, it's too early. It's too early. Maybe the reason that they're waiting and they could to make us feel better. But maybe the one reason that they're waiting is because if they tell us now that's going to give the opposition more time to put together a campaign to, to tear that VP down. Whereas if you spring it on us later in the campaign, they're going to have less time to do that. You know, 
No, that's true. I think something that could help, though, is campaigns always come up with short lists of who they're considering. Um, so if there were a little more transparency around who some of the possibilities might be, that could be helpful. Yeah. Um, and also just, you know, what sorts of experience are we looking for in a vice presidential candidate? What sorts of like, where are we looking for a moderate? Like, for example, is Senator Sanders going to be looking for somebody who complements his ideology in in that he's not specifically going to be looking for somebody who matches all of his progressive values mm-hmm. because he has to sway the middle of the country too and vice versa is biden going to be looking for a more progressive vp right so those things would be helpful i think lots of questions mm-hmm so six states vote today, March 10th, Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, and Washington State. Later in today's show, we're going to talk about millennials in media. We uh, have this segment we introduced a few months ago. We kind of got away from it, but I want to bring it back. We're going to be talking about drunk shopping. Shocker, millennials are the biggest group of people who drunk shop online. No surprise there. We're also going to talk about the 2020 census and a new feature over on Twitter, similar to Instagram and uh, Facebook and Snapchat stories. But first, Vistaprint is back to sponsor this week's episode of Millennial. And we here at the show love Vistaprint. We spoke about them around the holidays, but Vistaprint is a great place to go year round. That's because there isn't a single time during the year where you don't need some business cards. Take us, for example, we've got side hustles like this podcast, and we'll attend industry events where we want to spread the word about what we do, or we're out on the town and get talking with someone who we think should hear the show, and we say, here, have a business card, have a business card, don't forget me after these drinks tonight, and boom, you whip out the business card. When I hand out my business cards from Vistaprint, I know I'm doing more than passing along my contact info. I'm making a connection. I'm impressing potential guests or business partners. With the right business card, you make a statement about yourself and a reason to choose you and your business over the competition. And I say the right business card because you all know that everyone's got a business card. And in many cases, they look the same or they just look boring. Vistaprint helps you stand out with seemingly endless design options. Own the now with free shipping on any business card in any quantity. Choose whatever style, finish, shape, or paper you like and get free shipping. And because you can pick the colors, fonts, designs, and images, it means you can create something as unique and compelling as your business. And by the way, you can feel good knowing about Vistaprint because they use only carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or your money back. They will make it right. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. Just go to vistaprint.com and enter promo code M-I-L-L for free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. Limited time offer, own the now at vistaprint.com, promo code M-I-L-L. So this Millennials in Media segment, this is where we talk about the media talking about us and if they're right or wrong about us. This one, they're definitely going to be right about us. 100%. This is from thestate.com. Drunk shoppers spent more than ever in the United States, and millennials are the main culprits. Americans on a whole spent a collective $44.9 billion while they were buzzed. (laughs) 
During the last 12 months, 22.9% of America said it had done some shopping while under the influence. Um, however, millennials were the most eager to open up their wallets, with 42% admitting to dropping a little cash after drinking. Like their predecessors, Gen Z also enjoys stimulating the economy while their judgment is impaired at a rate of 35%. Yep. Do you two drunk shop? Um, I will say for me, most of the time that I've purchased anything significant while drunk, it was a tattoo or a piercing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no returns on those tattoos no no um in fact i got this i was definitely kind of buzzed when i got this one done but i don't regret any of it they all turned out great so. how many tattoos do you have now three do you regret any, any of this <sighs> so i don't regret any of what they look like there are one of them has circumstances behind it that i do regret <laughs> if that makes sense and that's X. fair yeah. <laughs> Is it the iguana? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the story there. I just assumed it was the iguana. <laughs> oh, maybe that's an after dark story for sure. I like how Andrew's like, hmm, which it has to be the iguana. <laughs> I honestly can't even remember the other two tattoos that you have. Uh, I have a stargazer lily on my back, and I have a compass on my left thigh. A compass. And mm -hmm. where is it pointing? <laughs> uh, it's pointing like southeast, I believe. And what's the so. meaning behind that? I mean, the meaning is that I've always loved travel. So that's what the compass is for largely. I didn't really care where it was pointing. Southeast works because I live in the southeast. Right. Okay. But... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Pam, yeah. drunk shopper? Um, not the biggest drunk shopper, but I, I will say that I've definitely like bought things I did not need after drinking at the Disneyland Resort because it's a lot easier to justify, you know, sweaters or mugs or keychains. Uh-huh. But nothing super crazy, honestly. This report says men were most likely to purchase alcohol and food in that order, while women... Oh, if that counts, then 100% I, I shop drunk for food all the time. Yeah, so that would not Same. have been my first assumption, but this study does include alcohol and food. In fact, in the study, um, the alcohol section says they just buy more alcohol. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's a snowball effect. Um, and then women most often opted for food and then shoes, clothes, or accessories. I feel like I'm bragging here, but I, I never have the urge to drunk shop. This happens to Pat. This happens to a lot of our listeners because we asked on Patreon, have you ever made some drunk shopping purchases? And a lot of people said yes and have some interesting stories that we'll share in a second. I, I'm just not compelled to. I don't know why. I actually am just remembering that about... A year and a half ago, I drunk Amazon purchased a bunch of Pitbull face masks, like of his face that <laughs> he could wear. I bought them. So a friend of mine loves Pitbull and she recognizes like how trashy it is. Um, like, yeah, exactly. Um, but she's still like she's from Miami. So she's just like she loves it. And I got those for her wedding for the photo booth and I like gave them to her and I was like hey figured we could use these at the photo booth and then like 
eight months later at her wedding, she actually had them there. <laughs> and I I actually have a picture of myself wearing one of the Pitbull masks. So oh, that's funny. I can uh, put that up. Thanks, Drunk on Laura. On Patreon or something. Yep. <laughs> uh, Pam did remind me. I had totally forgotten this, probably because I was drinking. I had ordered the Tesla while I was drinking. And the reason I actually ordered it while drinking is because I was so scared to order that. That's a big purchase. That's a big commitment and a big deal. It's like adopting a dog. You know, buying any car is a big deal. So I did order it while drunk. But then the next day I canceled it, which I don't think I ever brought up on air. And then like a couple days later, I ordered it again. (laughs) I think maybe sober that time. Was there like a crazy hold on your credit card from ordering that? No, because you don't have to pay till you actually take delivery of it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was just getting the order started, but I did feel like an idiot canceling and then reordering as pat will tell you that's very me i can be very indecisive i bet they i bet they see that a lot though (laughs) like i'm sure on the back end of tesla's site they see all of these pending orders (laughs) and people canceling (laughs) them out of panic when they sober up the next day and they're like oh my wife's got to kill me for ordering this car (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile pat was like no order the car yeah oh yeah of course he was pushing me to do it he's a bad (laughs) influence So we asked on Patreon, have you ever made any drunk purchases online? Samantha said, I made business cards for my dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of fun, maybe for Halloween. Um, Meredith said, not drunk, but high. Was surprised when when my roommate said my Amazon package had arrived. I had ordered the Friends Lego set of Central Perk after eating a homemade brownie from a friend. My boyfriend had been with me the whole night. Apparently, I did it silently because he had no idea I did it. We will now spend our one-year anniversary putting it together. Um, That's cute. Yeah. (laughs) Anthony said, a life-size cardboard stand-up of edward cullen on ebay which sounds like something we would all order (laughs) andrew were you drunk when you got me the hillary clinton cardboard cutout no i was just smart okay where is she i had to put her away because she was taking up too much space no not hillary isn't that a really isn't that a really sad uh statement yeah about your organization (laughs) i think (laughs) she's she's... well no because she's she's tall and like this room is crowded, you know. Yeah, fine. So. Send it. Can I have it? I don't want to give back your. Yeah. You know, I'll take her out for special occasions. Yeah. How does that sound? Yeah. Maybe like in November, you should bring her out for the election. Yeah. Give her a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah. There you go. Rex said, I was watching Chopped with friends and drinking wine. Two-ish days later, I had mixing bowl set, a mandolin, a crock pot, and a variety of baking dishes for the oven. I enjoy them. Just don't remember buying them. <laughs> It's just so it's easy. It's like a really chopped. responsible purchase, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of responsible, Shane said, I bought a last straw, which is a collapsible metal straw while drunk. I mean, these are these are good purchases. Yeah. Um, Shane also bought a plane ticket that he upgraded to Economy Plus for an additional 140 It's definitely, I do see there's a trend here, at least with me and, and Shane. If you're hesitant to make those bigger purchases, it's way easier to do while drunk. This is why they serve alcohol in vegas too because you're much more likely to gamble if you're drinking hmm. what what are you i've actually never gambled oh really yeah Stay it's away. just reminding me I've, I've never done it hmm. 
Because the one time I went to Vegas with y'all was when I was 17, so I wasn't old enough. I might be moving to Vegas, so you <laughs> will stay away from the strip. Do you? No, you can just bankroll my uh, gambling habit. No, what? What? No. Yeah. I've got a Tesla to be, pay for. Be my sugar daddy, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might remember that that's where you... Um, so I had my 21st birthday there, and uh, the podcast hired a stripper for my birthday. Sebastian, that was his name, Sebastian, right? Sebastian, yeah. There's a video somewhere yeah. <laughs> of this guy dressed as like a, me- a mechanic or a pizza guy walking into the room with a boombox. And I quickly knew where that was going. This guy was such trash. <laughs> so... Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even see his ass or dick or any. I Did he take his shirt off? I guess he did. You guys probably cheaped out and just got me a stripper who wouldn't Wait. strip. We paid him and he didn't strip. <laughs> I mean, I, God, it was it was it was nine years ago now, almost ten years. So it's hard to remember. I need to find that video. Be the best Patreon bonus ever. Anyway, so yeah, I think this story is accurate. Millennials are definitely online ordering while drunk, and it's probably never going to stop because it's just too easy. True. Speaking of something you probably shouldn't do drunk, um, we're going to talk about the 2020 U.S. Census on today's show. And just for a quick primer on what the census is, it's a direct count of U.S. residents, which includes citizens, legal residents, long-term visitors, and undocumented immigrants. And all of us took a quiz that was provided by our favorite folks over at the Pew Research Center to find out just how much we know about the census. And I wanted to see first how we all did on it. I actually got one question wrong. I got half of them wrong. (laughs) I got a respectable eight out of 12. Okay. Not bad. Not not very respectable. Almost as bad as me. (laughs) I feel like it's been, look, it's been a while since I studied the census in school. I feel like Mm -hmm. I did a lot better than I thought. And with being every 10 years, you just don't remember it. Yeah, well, and a, to be fair, a lot of the questions on this quiz were about the 2020 census in particular. Yeah. So there are a couple of changes to this year's census. Um, so we can definitely dive into those. But what questions did y'all get wrong? Pick maybe one or two and we can... I feel like this was a trick question. When does the 2020 census counting officially begin? I thought it was April 1st, 2020, because they said somewhere on the site that it starts April 1st. Mm. Yeah, I think they're referring to the season, census season. So that's mm. that was the January. One of the ones that I got wrong was um, the Census Bureau proposed a change in the race question that did not happen. What was it? And I think that this was wishful thinking because I marked down added five new racial categories. <laughs> but in like that would be ideal because it, it's just so messed up. And I'm sure Laura will get into that later. But the, the actual answer was combined the race and Hispanic origin question into one question. I also got wrong which response category will be new on the 2020 census form. One of the options was same sex spouse. And I said, oh, that's too good to be true. I didn't guess that one. I guessed a box for gender other than male or female. Um, which I guess is also too good to be true. But it actually that, is same-sex yeah. spouse. I was going to say uh, gender options would be too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, we're not there yet as a Census Bureau. I thought that we could use this as a fake adulting moment for us all to compare answers. Um, have any of us ever directly answered the census? Meaning, have you been the person in your household 
that responded to the census for your household. I don't I have think so. Would it be somebody showing up at the door? So it could be or, that. Or by um, mail. So, yeah, well, everybody, you know, in the U.S., invitations will start going out in mid-March to complete the census. And in past years, you could complete it uh, by mail or by phone. This year is actually the first year where you can complete it online, Hmm. which is what I'll be doing. But, yeah, this will be my first time completing the census on behalf of my household. Because in the past, I either lived at home or I was in college where, you know, each college student doesn't get their own um, census invitation. Um, Census workers visit schools and senior centers and other communities like that to get counts of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just funny because I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, wow, it's weird to me that I'm 31 years old and this will be my first time actually answering this. Yeah. So are you supposed to get an email or something? Like, when am I going to be hearing about this? You said you'll answer it online. Yeah, well, you'll be invited to answer it, but that'll come in the postal. Like, it'll come through the postal service. Okay. Yeah, um, we already but... got ours and it's oh, really? been sent. Yeah, like, I think at in December. Oh, wow. That's California wow. for you. Yeah, I know. we have we're, not gotten We're, uh, you know, just all about preparedness over here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have it's to It's a big be. state, to be fair. It probably takes longer yeah. to count. Mm. True. Um, yeah, we haven't gotten anything here yet. Hopefully, because it's supposed to start coming in the in mid-March, we should get it soon. Um, but you'll get the invitation in the mail, and then you have the option to fill it out online. I also wanted to see, do any of us remember previous census seasons? I remember learning about it in school, and I feel like they gave mm-hmm. us a sample ballot just so we could see mm-hmm. what it was like. And maybe we just filled one out for fun as kids. That's my only memory yeah. of it. Um, I was um, in 2010, I was still at San Francisco State and I was taking a class called Cultural Diversity and News. And so we did a lot of work with the census results because um, you can actually use the census to see if like local newspapers or national newspapers are providing accurate coverage to all of the demographics in the community that they serve. Mm. So, Oh, wow. That was the last time that, yeah, that I really kind of like took a deep dive in, but that was also 10 years ago. So it's been a while. Yeah. It's funny. I was, uh, I was in my junior year of college for the 2010 census. So of course my parents would have filled it out for our household, but I don't remember our college making a big deal out of this. And the last time that I honestly remember the census being made a big deal of would have been, I guess the 2000 census. Mm. Um, because I, we lived in Texas, uh, half of the year. And then we moved out here. But I remember a lot of fanfare around the census, especially at our school. Like, I remember them trying to make sure that we all knew what it was and encouraging us to talk to our families about it. Mm. And I think, I mean, I think it was a good thing. But I think some of that might had might have had to do with the fact that um, people in my community were not necessarily... Uh, on board with filling out the census um, because there have been some negative historical 
factors that have come with the census. And there were a lot of there was a large immigrant population where I grew up. So I think that might have had something to do with it. Um, And I didn't know if that was an experience that y'all had had. A little bit. I just think that in general, when you're a person of color, and I can really only speak as like my own experience as, um, you know, somebody that grew up Mexican-American, I just like, I never really enjoyed filling out, you know, even with standardized testings, you have to fill out the bubble of like what your race or ethnicity is. And it just is really ostracizing sometimes to, you know, um, have to fill in a bubble that basically says like, you know, like you can't be white, which is like what is considered American a lot of the times because you're Hispanic and you know what I mean? Like, you can only be white if you're not of Hispanic origin. And then there's like a lot of controversy surrounding like, um, like the difference between Hispanic or Latino. So I know that there there's like a lot of tension there as well. Yeah. And it's so interesting, because even looking at the questions for the census, the question for Hispanic or Latino is like, are you of Hispanic, Latino or Spanish background? Yeah. And it's but then like, in general, like if you're Spanish, technically you're white. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's the other thing too. It's really convoluted and and um and it's really kind of outdated, honestly. Yeah, as though you can't be both Latino and white. Like right, exactly. <laughs> and that's like yeah. that's a huge point of contention, right? Like mm-hmm. really rubs me the wrong way because like what yeah. if you are half and half, you know? It's like, all, yeah. and, and that that's something that like, in terms of like an identity that people like struggle with anyway, it's like you, you're not like white enough to be white. And then the government is telling you this by asking you to fill this thing out. But then like, you know, when you're trying to interact with your own community, your own culture, like you're not like Latinx enough to be considered that because like, you're half white. So it, it just kind of like further adds to, to the stigma of, of, um, of how hard it is to be multicultural in this country. Yeah. And really, the census does not have the greatest history when it comes to racial categories. So um, the first census in 1870 only had three racial categories. (laughs) And the categories, the categories, they weren't even necessarily racially aligned. The categories were called free whites, all other free persons and slaves. Wow. Like they had a racial category for slaves. Well, we have made some progress in this country, at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that said, I mean, it's, you know, I understand why there's a lot of hesitancy around the way that race is categorized because it it changes so much just with generational shifts, right? And a lot of it comes from us correcting these horrible wrongs. But at the same time, it's like, who gets to pick? Mm-hmm what racial categories are on there like who was on the panel and what was the makeup of the panel of people who got to make that choice that's something that i always wonder um but uh until so from eight or from 1790 until uh 1865 when slavery was abolished black people only counted as three-fifths of a person on the census And Native Americans were not counted at all until 1870. Hmm. So that's like sort of the that that was sort of the base point of where we've had to grow with the census since then. Um, 
And then really until it wasn't until 1960 that people were allowed to self-identify their race. Up until that point, their race was designated for them based on their perceived race. So if you looked white or if you looked black. I want you guys to guess which year it was that the U.S. Census allowed people to identify with more than one race. 1980. So 1980 was the first year that people could choose more than one race? Yeah, they waited a long time. I know that it's later than that. (laughs) Can you reveal? I believe it's 2000 or 2000. Well, it would have to be 2000 because it's every 10 years, right? Yeah, it's 2000. Hmm. So 2000 was the first time that you could, for example, choose white and black Hmm. on the census. Um, And I mean, it really just goes to show how far we've come in this regard, but that there's still a lot of problematic history behind this that I think, despite maybe our best intentions, still has trickle-down effects Mm -hmm. today. And I think it's understandable why people would feel hesitant, although we really hope that folks do fill out the census because it does matter um, to millennials in particular, because this is how we decide how many seats each state gets in the U.S. House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. It also determines the number of uh, representatives each state gets uh, in the Electoral College. So both of these things have direct impacts on our political situation and even who gets to become president. Could it be as soon as the 2020 election or is it going to take more time to process? Okay, it'll take more time than that. Okay. Yeah, because um, additional seats won't be awarded until like March of 2021. Oh, okay. So yeah, this won't impact us this year, but certainly impacts us down the road. It also shows um, shifting demographics in the U.S. So like, for example, in 2010, we actually had a 9.8% population increase and there was a demographic a demographic shift towards southern states. So states like Texas and Florida got additional representatives in the House and states like, I think it was Michigan, lost seats. And actually states like (laughs) Michigan and Wisconsin Hmm. are Hmm. probably going to lose seats again this time Hmm. Hmm. because of the demographic shift. Hmm. Why is that? Why do people not like living up north? Would they rather be warm? (laughs) I think we got a lot of snowbirds down here. Yeah, I'm about to be one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm curious to know, Pam, you guys have already done it, but which option are we going to pick? Well, we just did the snail mail, um, filled it out and stuff like that. So I think it'd be more Um, fun to fill out a piece of paper. So if I actually get a piece of paper, I'll do it. It does feel more legit. Yeah, exactly. Online's no fun. That's like answering a Mm -hmm. mugonet.com poll. I want something more legit. Yeah. Also, the it, U.S. It Census like... Bureau, <laughs> MuggleNet.com, same thing. <laughs> I do think that that the online option is great, though, because um, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that people hand their mail to their carriers all the time. But I feel like I have to go to a post office to send things because I can't ever find a damn box when I'm out and about. So it kind of like cuts out the middleman. So I think it's great that that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. Convenience yeah. for sure, because people... Now, a lot of people don't have access to the internet, so that's why the the paper option has to remain. But yeah, I think the online option should increase the number of people actually filling this out so you don't have to be chased down. Because 
while I don't mind spending a few minutes filling this out, the piece of paper, putting a stamp on it, throwing it back in the mail, I assume you probably don't even have to put a stamp on it. Um, One thing that... Oh, go on. Sorry. No, I was just I was just going to say most people just don't have time to actually mail something, so they'd rather do it online in five seconds. One thing that I, I've always found interesting, and, and this is like a piece that every newspaper does every year around census season, is um, how the homeless population is counted as well, mm. because mm-hmm. they have to send people out to count those people so i guess at the end of the day if like if you can make it easier <laughs> for the census bureau by having your shit together so they don't have to come knocking on your oh, door yeah it, it probably is helpful yeah. because they still have to count them as well yeah because they will if you do not fill that out they will come knock on your door and yeah. of course filling out the census is not required but they will try to encourage you to do that because at the end of the day, the census impacts more than just your representation in Congress. It impacts federal funding and how much of that is allocated to your specific area in terms of social programs like Medicaid, Medicare, food stamps, uh, Pell Grants for students, things like that. So all of these things have a direct impact on your community, which is why it's really important to fill this out. And if you're looking for a side hustle, you can become one of these census takers who goes out and knocks on doors to get people to participate. And I was reading on their website that they'll pay at least $20 an hour. Of course, this is mm-hmm. a limited part-time job. It'll probably only take a couple months, but over the spring or summer, that's a good little chunk of change. Yeah, there Definitely. was a guy that um, the last time I went to the library... Um, he had a, a booth set up right at the entrance and, and you could just fill out an application there, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm. So if you're looking for a side hustle and you wanted to apply to help out with the census, you could just do it while you were returning books or checking things out. Yeah. So in our Discord, Shane is saying that he worked for the census last time and that Latinx people hated the ethnic options then. Um, also that they were allowed to explain questions but couldn't help choose answers Uh, Shane told Latinx people... You're white, sir. (laughs) uh, Shane told Latinx people to pick an option, but one of the options was write-in, and I would point out that choice. And then Yamil in the Discord is saying, yeah, I would usually write in Puerto Rican and call it a day. Mm. So that is an option Mm -hmm. for folks, which is good to know. Because this is, again, my first time I'm going to be seeing a census questionnaire. So... Mm -hmm. Lots of fake adulting or pretend adulting <laughs> happening here. <laughs> and does all this data will eventually be published? I guess people can read through. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Although That'd you can't, fun. if you're looking, yeah, you can't go through people's specific information. Like if right. I wanted to. Is there a you know, gay find... living in that house across the street? <laughs> oh my God. You have to file some kind of request to access anybody's specific census data after I think 1960. Um, so before that, you can pull specific data points. But like I could not, for example, uh, pull your data, Andrew, unless I filled out this form. I am curious, though, in that regard, because I think we're both good examples of this. You know, we have partners who live in our household with us. So what are the options for that going to be? Because you well, fill out person one and person two on the form, and then you have to describe how person two is related to you. Um bottom <laughs> well because like there's a write-in option please write bottom i'll write bottom sure that'd be great <laughs> cook <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no uh, well the reason i bring that up is because like i said in this quiz it said which response category will be new in 2020 and it is same-sex spouse 
um, Pat is the same sex as me, but he is not my spouse. So we'll have yeah. to see. I don't know. I don't know how I'll fill that out. I've never been in this situation before, which is pretty interesting. I guess, I was living with... an option with... for roommate, and then you'll just roommate. be forced to no. click oh, that. No, that would kind of suck. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cross out room and write, fuck mate. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's just another example of how a lot of our preconceived notions of what constitutes a relationship impact things like these government forms the same way that it impacts the number of race options available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although there were 63 race options offered in 2010. So yeah. the number has gone up by 60 since the census started, but I and don't know more slaves it... slave options gone. Right. No, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't do that anymore. Small, small victories, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I just read on Twitter. There's going to be another question asking if you have coronavirus or not. Oh so God. let's all get tested so we know. Well, let's all remember right. they know exactly that to quarantine. <laughs> the Trump administration wanted to put a citizenship question yeah, that was a big on deal. the census this year. And that was purely to discourage something like 9 million people from filling out the census. I know. I was going to say that's a surefire yeah. way to make sure that you're not getting accurate information. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, they lost that one. So. All right. Well, speaking of the mail, this week's episode is sponsored by a company who helps you get your census in the mail, Stamps.com. I am no stranger to Stamps.com. They have saved me so much time and effort over the years. Being able to print stamps at home and at better prices than you'll find at the post office has been one of the greatest small business hacks I've discovered. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at stamps.com, except wait in line. Their on-demand postage means you can skip that trip to the post office, plus you can save money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. Time isn't the only thing you'll be saving. With Stamps.com, you can get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of these expensive postage postage meters. You don't have any of that to deal with. And there's no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. We always talk about good ways to save time and money here on the show, and Stamps.com knocks out both. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's Stamps.com. Enter M-I-L-L. Pam, Twitter's rolling out an interesting new feature. Yeah, so they're a little bit late to the game, but they're looking to test out some uh, a new feature that is basically their response to Instagram slash Facebook stories and also Snapchat. So this is called Fleet, and it's first being tested out, out in Brazil, and it'll allow users to uh, post fleets or tweets, um, and they'll only be viewable for... 24 hours and then they'll disappear is that name so, gonna last i don't know Fleet. Pro- probably not it doesn't but make... i'm sure that they 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 were like giving themselves a huge round of applause after they came up with that they're like oh fleet fleet get it because it's fleeting <laughs> uh, i guess anyway the 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 interesting thing about this is that Um, nobody is going to be able to like or reply or retweet and (laughs) there's going to be no option to embed 
the fleets uh. on external websites, and they also will not show up in Twitter searches or Twitter moments. And the hope is that fleets will entice people who don't use Twitter regularly because they feel uncomfortable uh, with the public permanent nature of tweets to use Twitter more. And the 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 way the feature is set up is very similar to what you already see on Instagram and Facebook, where, you know, somebody's circular icon is up at the top on a toolbar, and you can click on that person's um, icon and then see whatever they they fleeted. <laughs> that is an awful word. Yo, did you see Andrew's fleet? Um, huh? <laughs> So, so yeah, that it, there's no telling if this is actually going to roll out world, worldwide. Like I said, they're starting in Brazil with the testing, but presumably if this takes off, then yeah, we could see it here sometime soon. I bet it will. I bet it will. This is going to be great for tweeting about politics because nobody can reply to it. Now, I guess they can reply separately to your main Twitter feed and just harass you that way. But how often do we start tweeting about politics and then we get some replies from some assholes and then you're just tempted to get into a Twitter war with them and it just ruins your day? I just mute them. Yeah. Anytime that happens, it's like an automatic mute. Um, And that's not like if somebody's just disagreeing with me and trying to have a dialogue because I love that. But if somebody's just straight up being a troll, Mm -hmm. I will mute you. Yeah. Yeah. But so it'll be great for that. It'll also be great for subtweeting because you can just bitch Mm -hmm. about somebody for a day and then it'll disappear and nobody can interact with that. So you don't have to worry about like getting a reply from that person who you might be subtweeting. Hey, you're talking about me. So I actually might use this quite a bit. Did they say anything about can you see who is reading your fleets like you can on Instagram? So I I really only read the TechCrunch article on this, and it it didn't really touch on that because I was curious about that as well. And I was also curious about whether it would also give you the option of seeing who had screenshotted your fleet, because, (laughs) you know, that's the thing that happens on Snapchat and Instagram already. Um, and, And that's why I kind of find this so funny, because the the idea of why this is supposedly coming about um just doesn't really like if i were already worried about privacy or or the things i was tweeting coming back to bite me in the ass then this would not necessarily make me feel better about it because i mean these days everything is permanent even if it's only up for you know 10 seconds you just have to assume that that it could resurface at some point i hope you can't see who is reading your fleets because that's the main thing that stresses me out about Instagram stories and Snapchat stories. I don't like being able to see who has looked at this. It just it stresses me out for some reason. So I don't post at I all. Can't, yeah, I can't see them leaving that out, though. People are way too self-absorbed. Yeah. You know, people want to know. They want to see like, ooh, 200 people saw my fleet. <laughs> Your fleet of what? So dumb. Not Nothing. Nonsense. I mean, look yeah. at what's posted on Instagram stories. Yeah, I don't think that I will be using this. I'll be using Twitter old school. I'm analog, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> when I tweet, I want it to live forever. <laughs> that's another thing, though. I, I think that's why a lot of people will like this, because you don't have to worry about these tweets lingering. We've spoken about mm-hmm. this before. People might want to consider setting up one of these third-party services that at automatically deletes your old tweets because you don't want those things lingering. The one um, way that I 
would actually consider using this if it rolled out um, uh, on a wider scale is maybe for live tweeting. Because that shit clogs up your feed. And like, I love, um, you know, the people that I follow that I actually know on Twitter, but sometimes I have to mute them if they're, you know, live tweeting like say about a specific TV show every week. But with something like this, I I would maybe feel a little less guilty about doing that because then like I could just tweet once and say, Hey, I'm going to be talking about this show. And like, if you want to see my thoughts, like you can just follow my fleets. Right. And you can just flick past that one user as opposed to scrolling through dozens or maybe hundreds of live tweets. And nobody wants to read that stuff the next day. You only want to read those live tweets when you're actually watching the show in real time with that other person. So that's right, a that's exactly. a great point. With that in mind, mm-hmm. I can't believe Twitter's taking so long to add this, but one hundred percent. Okay. Is this why they killed Vine? <laughs> no. <laughs> they killed Vine because they're stupid. All right. Well, it's time now for recommendations. I want to recommend Hillary. The new docu-series on Hulu. So this is a documentary following Hillary Clinton's career through the 2016 presidential election. And what's really interesting about it is it bounces between her early days to the 2016 election. And they're weaving the two stories together brilliantly. They're talking about how all these big moments in uh, earlier in her career impacted the 2016 election. So I thought it was really well done. I knocked out all four hours on Sunday. Laura, you watch this too. Yeah. So this was also going to be my recommendation. Um, but I just because it. it really, <laughs> I mean, it, it really weaves a very nice narrative. Um, I will say if you're not a big fan of Hillary Clinton, it is very. It paints a very sympathetic portrait. So, oh yeah, you should be aware. You should be aware of that. That said, I really liked learning about some of her lesser known accomplishments from before Bill came into her life, before she was first lady of Arkansas. Um, and you know, whether you like her or not, she has been in some kind of dedicated public servant role for most of her life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really cool to learn more about that and to hear some of her impressions of what happened in the 2016 election as well, because she doesn't, she doesn't try to absolve herself of, you know, sort of like what she could have done differently. She owns up to certain things that could have been done better. So, And those were comments you would never hear Trump make if he yeah. had lost the election. It also mm-hmm. goes through um, her time as Secretary of State, something I've always mm-hmm. been fascinated by because she visited, what, like 120 countries during her tenure. And um, she starts talking about Obama. And I was like, oh, did they get Obama for this? Did they get Obama for this? And they got Obama they for did. this. Yeah. I was like, hey, there he is. So that was cool. And Bill is there and he talks about Monica Lewinsky. Which mm-hmm. I I thought I thought was interesting because he speaks very candidly, like Hillary does, about that scandal. I don't know if that's the first time he's spoken that openly about it. I I'm sure he's spoken about it before, but he seemed deeply regretful of that whole situation, almost embarrassed to talk about it, tearful talking about it. So yeah, I was moved by that. I was thinking of you the whole time, Laura, because you are such a Hillary fan. Yeah. Did you cry during the doc? I bet you did. I actually didn't cry, um, oh. but I felt, I mean, of course, at the end when you're seeing everything that we all know happened in 2016. That was a hard part. I, 
that was, you know, I felt that because I was crying at that point in history. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I need to watch this part. I already know what. Happens. Yeah. It's only like the last half hour. I thought it was really impactful. And it really, you know, it made me think about the path that she has made for a lot of other women to go into politics. Yeah. And they really so. talk about that. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting as well. I I had never thought about that. Um, that would have been a great time to bring out the Hillary standee. <laughs> It would have. <laughs> well, I also came up with a secondary recommendation because I didn't want to be a cop out and p- like pick the same one as Andrew. I'd like to recommend the Chick-fil-A fish sandwich uh, available now for Lent. Uh, it is so good. Really? I wish they really, had really good in my area. They don't. What? You're in the Bay it's Area. Really You're surrounded by fish. How could they not have the Chick-fil-A fish? <laughs> yeah, I don't really need this. I, I should probably just pick something a little fresher. Oh, but. yeah. Or that. Eat some real fish. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like fish, so I am not trying this sandwich. I wanted to recommend uh, a podcast because I feel like we don't really recommend other podcasts here very often. Um, so I, I recently rediscovered Thirst Aid Kit, which used to be a BuzzFeed podcast, but then BuzzFeed was stupid and they cut a lot of their podcasts and they've since found a new home at Slate. And it's just super fun. Uh, it's just, you know, two women talking about hot celebrities and it's just a really good time. So if that interests you, then you should check it out because it's a fun little show. Pam, I for sure, when I saw the name of this, I was like, oh, is this some kind of like coronavirus hydration? I thought that kit? too. Because, because <laughs> we're running it. low on bottled water. Yeah, I thought it was something like that to help us. No, it's the other kind of thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> like the Dilfs of Disney thirsty yeah or the hot dudes reading thirsty (laughs) (laughs) hot dudes with coronavirus that's a new instagram i follow soon to have trump that domain now no i'm serious (laughs) thank you everybody for listening to today's episode we would love your support at patreon.com slash millennial we're floating around the 600 patron marker which is really exciting because we've actually been below that for a while so thank you to everybody who has joined us recently we'll give you shout outs on air soon if you're thinking about becoming a patron now's a great time to do it we're releasing new installments of after dark every week we're releasing bonus material like the millennial variety show the new installment is really fun so definitely check that out we're also doing breaking news we have a new breaking news installment from this past super tuesday midway through the night we recorded spoke about the results and had a lot of fun as well it the breaking news editions they're they're very loose and they're a lot of fun because we're just um talking off the cuff and reacting to news in real time. So definitely check that out. That's at the Bay level. Um, No matter what level you support us at, though, we really do appreciate it because it keeps the show funded. Um, It lets us make the show a priority in our lives. And it just means the world to us that you support us. So thank you. And speaking of After Dark, what are we doing in After Dark today, Pam? We're going to take a very condensed version of the Enneagram personality test and see what our results are and talk about whether or not we feel like it fits because I feel like these personality tests are really popular and some people really swear by them like almost as much as they do their their horoscope um, sign. So yeah, yeah, should be some fun. Yeah, these questions were tough. I, I was struggle busting a little bit with these. So we can talk about that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. And tonight, let's enjoy life. 
Pitbull, Naya, Neo, that's Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today.